Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! Today, I would like to talk to you about angels. Who are angels from the spiritual perspective? Um, sure. Um, so angels are beings, essentially they're souls that have joined an admin or yeah, they've joined an administrative function within the hierarchy of light. So technically, if you think about the, the world that exists outside of the matrix, outside of this uh, world where you guys come to incarnate, right? Um, arguably that is the real world and this one is the virtual one right so if you think at the space of soul right uh where once you die essentially and uh, before you get reborn where your soul lives um in that world and within that world there are a set um of different structures that really govern how it works right so one of the very integral aspects of that world is what we call the spiritual hierarchy or the hierarchy of light however you want to look at it um so what it is it's, it's almost kind of like the spirit government if you will uh within our own um cell and what i mean by saying within our own cell there are multiple cells within the body of the greater source energy the greater creative energy uh you know we just live within one of these cells within the greater body of the source um i don't know if, if i'm going too high level for you but basically there is a thing called the hierarchy of light and it's kind of like this spiritual government that um runs this cell and within that hierarchy um there is what we call the the local source or for all intents and purposes if you believe in, um, you know, the one God, goddess energy, you know, we have that, that is in charge of that cell. And then there are multiple beings under it that are helping this master being, uh, master source energy, to run the things the way they are um, and, and the way they should be, right? So angels are part of that structure. Um, you know, like every hierarchy, it's a little bit of a pyramid. Angels tend to be at the very bottom layer of that pyramid. Now, even within the class of angels, right? And I said it's an administrative function within the hierarchy of light. There are different layers and there are different um, levels, if you will, right? So the way that the hierarchy of light is formed is, you know, first it's a, it's a volunteer type based structure. So not every soul that is of a particular level would automatically become part of the hierarchy of light. You actually need to be willing to do the work, right? So there are a ton of souls that are exceptionally evolved and, and, and very bright and are able to contain and project forth a lot of light that are not part of the hierarchy. Angels just happen to be. So, you know, it's kind of like, um, yeah, in, in your government, um, 
kind of like all, all the people that work in governmental structures and you know really help run essentially your, your planet from the governmental perspective does that make sense make yep. sense mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. yeah so these are angels so and uh what role do they play maybe in the hierarchy and if we actually look at multiple levels because i kind of imagine like the hierarchy level level it's outside of this universe basically and then we have the universe level and like what role they play there and then we have our solar system and maybe a planetary level uh if it's possible or if there is any difference how angels work with this levels i mean there is and there isn't right so First things first, yes, um, angels exist outside of the universe as you know it, because for this intents and purposes, we are going to define the universe as the virtual reality type matrix, matrix-like structure that is built specifically for the purpose of the evolution of souls. And it's basically a series of worlds where you come to incarnate, right? So angels come from the world beyond the incarnation, right? The, the world of infinity and eternity if you'd like the world beyond time space reality um, there are seven major layers within angelic structures um, from you know the standpoint of beings that are higher evolved than angels you know angels are you know a little bit more specialized if that makes sense right so they they're good at a certain thing and they're still learning right so they're fairly um fairly young souls right now very promising souls because to even um you know be allowed to join the hierarchy um of light as an angel right the lowest level of the hierarchy you have to be able to contain enough light for you to even be accepted because it's actually a really really great honor and your first step to you know one day becoming essentially a god or goddess uh in and of yourself right that would be like your first step so it's a commitment but it's you know there's also you're being tested right you're being tested at soul level before you can even join and then of course you're being tested after now like in any hierarchical structure um if you're at the very bottom that means that generally speaking there are folks at the top that are telling you what to do um and that is done with a lot of consideration for each individual angel right so the the angels are kind of like your your executive branch but they don't make decisions like they, they execute so to say right so they're the doers um of the hierarchy of light uh like i said they're very specialized so you will have angels that are good at one thing or another and depending on what their natural propensities are they're going to be assigned different projects and tasks um, these tasks can be um, of various complexity levels and they can be both within the matrix or the universe, right? As we decided to use these two terms interchangeably, as well as those tasks that they're working on can be completely outside of the virtual reality world, right? So they can be, um, you know, part, part of that infinity eternity spectrum, right? So their tasks really vary. Mm -hmm. Now, let, um, I already mentioned earlier, angels don't necessarily have the um, the level of access or the capabilities yet to create worlds. So one of the most predominant tasks that angels tend to have is help operate um, worlds that have been created by 
other beings that are higher up in the hierarchy. So at the archangel level, for instance, you get a chance to create worlds. And by worlds, um, I actually mean a few different things. At the archangel level, you're able to create um, anything from a planet to a, like a solar system, like a system of planets to um, a galaxy level. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's kind of like where, where the, the realm of the archangels kind of like stops. And generally speaking, um, angels would report into the archangels, helping them navigate and build out the worlds according to the, the plans of the archangel. So in, in this particular instance, the archangel would be the grand architect, if you will. And they would come up with a plan and they would say, okay, like, this is what I envision this planet to be. I want this planet to reflect this many energies. I would like to recruit this soul from, you know, the myriad of souls to be a sponsoring entity for this planet. You know, I want this planet to say to represent the energy of fire or the energy of water. You know, I want it to be this evolved or not. You know, I want it to have life or not have life. And, you know, basically they, they lay out a plan and then it's up to the angels to help execute on that plan. To be the doers right so certain angels who are really good at working with matter could assist archangels in the actual creation of matter right which is essentially um the programming of the matrix structure really there's not much else to it and then once the world has been built angels could help populate it um angels could help guide and you know provide certain amounts of guidance to beings incarnated within those worlds if that is part of their task or skill set, right? So they can, you know, guide both through things that like apparitions, for instance, as well as dreams, you know, and I'm, I'm just like giving you examples from your own world that you could relate to that, you know, there are many, many ways that angels can interact with worlds. Telepathy is one, for instance, right? Like they're, they're just a lot. Um, so these are the things that angels can do. And, and, and really, whether it's at the universal level, at the solar system level, or the planetary level, right? Like their function is essentially the same. And it all really depends on what the archangel that they work under, um, their teacher, uh, their mentor, what would that person, not person, what that soul wants, right? Mm-hmm. Does it mean that we have angels <laughs> everywhere, basically, on the energetic level? Yes, of course. And <laughs> how else do you think they're they're you know this planet is run? Oh, that's why I'm trying to figure out. Uh, can you explain how is this planet has uh, been run <laughs> like by whom? Yeah, so it's actually um, um, it's it's interesting because there are um, a few it, there's not just one archangel actually that um, so basically there is, um, should I say, like a group of archangels that are responsible for a few neighboring galaxies. So the Milky Way's actual galaxy is not a standalone galaxy. It is a galaxy that's part of a chain of galaxies that is co-created by seven different archangels. Um, you know, the Andromeda galaxy, for instance, would be part of the same chain. Um, there are 30 eight galaxies within that chain and and roughly they they represent one ecosystem so in this particular case these archangels gathered together and they created a collective mission you know so they wanted to build an ecosystem at where one impacts whole so what that means is it's a domino effect right so um basically either all of these galaxies rise together or they fall together if that makes sense mm. mm-hmm. so you know, just just because say one um, one 
galaxy, let's call it the Milky Way, quote-unquote, one in its own evolutionary journey, unless the other uh, 37 galaxies win. It's not, uh, it's not a game that has essentially completed, if that makes sense, right? So it's a very interconnected system. Yeah. Um, as a part of that, you know, um, even the solar system that you guys have, because it is such a large chunk um, of the Milky Way galaxy, it pretty much impacts, you know, the rest of the whole. So way well above and beyond the Milky Way galaxy. And again, this is not true because that's how every single galaxy works. It's only true because of the grand plan of, of the seven archangels that just build the system, right? Mm -hmm. So as, as part of this, there, is, there are, technically speaking, all seven archangels curate... Um, it's like a collegiate run system. So not one is greater than the others. Um, so they're working together. Um, and, you know, basically how it's run is it's, uh, it's run by um, actually a few million angels that are under this seven archangels. Um, and they govern uh, the various dimensions of each of these um, galaxies if that makes sense so the day-to-day -day, everything from programming the weather you know and and like ensuring that you know there, there is um the timelines are being followed so everything from like day and night you know seasons right if we'll go at planetary level um the formations and the collapses of planets don't really happen without the involvement of angels um or without their knowing Right. Like sometimes, yes, like there are beings that inhibit the galaxy that make certain decisions. Um, it's a, a little bit like Star Wars. Right. <laughs> you know, like certain planets get blown up or, you know, certain things get collapsed or, or, or created anew. Uh, it, not everything happens because the angels execute, but they are aware of everything that happens, if that makes sense. So basically every natural phenomena is curated by angels or in they some are shape or form aware. yes yeah. yes and in, in some shape or form yes um obviously on the planet um the consciousness of gaia is another force for instance that is essential so it is always a collaboration between angels who don't belong to either of the planets right and the forces that are native so to say to the planet and it's a collaboration so there are certain natural disasters, for instance, that planet Earth can execute without assistance of the angels. Uh, let's just say that angels are maintaining certain structures so that Gaia could self-regulate. I've heard that, maybe it's wrong, but I, I think I've heard that there are 144 million angels or something like that. So um, there are 144 million across these 38 galaxies. Mm -hmm. um, there are 144,000 specifically within the solar system that are considered, um, I wouldn't want to say native, but they're considered kind of like this is like their home base, if that makes sense. Like this is the world that they're going to watch the most, not just Gaia, but the solar system. So there are major 144 angel thousand sorry 144,000 angels that would consider this world to be their primary task at this moment in time. Is there a specific group that particularly curates this planet? You mean from within the 144,000? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
not necessarily. Frankly, for angels, the whole soul system is quite small. Mm -hmm. um, like at their level, they're able, each of them is able to monitor um, everything that's going on on all, like on every single planet in the solar system and all the dimensions of this planet exists within. It's not, it's not so hard. However, however, there are 24,000 that are most active on this planet. Do they do this inside this matrix or outside of the matrix? Generally speaking, outside of the matrix. So there, there are devices and whole, I don't want to call them interfaces, but you'll probably understand it better if I call it an interface, um, that are built, like you can think of them as rooms that allow these angels to monitor the matrix. They don't, they cannot be a part of the matrix because that would mean being incorporated as in being in the body. And angels are not in the body. Like they're not incarnated currently. Hmm. If that hmm. makes sense. Actually, it was one of my questions. Uh, how often do they incarnate actually? Oh, well, that is completely up to them, but it is a very different experience. From an incarnated place, they choose to. Generally, it's it's something that's like um, a mission, and that mission is generally taken up um, both from the personal standpoint as well as the collective standpoint. They can they have the free will to incarnate as often as they'd like. It's up to them. So just because they are part of the um, the hierarchy doesn't mean that they have a limit around incarnating in any of the worlds that they curate or for that matter in any other worlds, right? So they get to incarnate just as any other soul would. The commitment that they make though is that a certain percentage of their energy at soul level is always going to be reserved for the work of the hierarchy. For example, uh, generally speaking, it's no less than 30% that they have to commit. Um, it's kind of like when you get a job, you commit a certain percentage of your time to be on the job, but then the rest of your time, you can do whatever you want, if that makes sense, right? So with the angels, um, they generally commit between 60 and 30% of their soul energy stream, and they can do whatever they want with the rest of the energy stream. So they can split it and go into incarnations if they want, or do anything else that they choose to that is not part of their work, if you will. Right. So a lot of them choose to incarnate and enough of them incarnate in the worlds that they themselves curate, because as you're curating a world or, you know, as you, you know, at the archangel level is, you know, once you create the world, you become attached to it because you become immersed into it, in it. Uh, kind of like, you know, if you like a, a show like Game of Thrones, right? Like and, and imagine like you're watching Game of Thrones only like it's not six or whatever, seven seasons, but it's like a billion seasons of Game of Thrones because it's like these things tend to be quite long, right? Um, like worlds don't really end after seven seasons, if that makes sense. So angels really get immersed and attached to certain timelines, to certain uh, like places within the worlds that they curate, to certain nationalities even, or people. Like they can get attached just because, you know, they... You know, they have feelings, obviously, uh, and they also are quite passionate about like doing a good job. Right. So a lot of them want to experience these worlds because like imagine, right, like you really love Game of Thrones and maybe that's a bad example if you don't like the show. But um, and you really like, you know, love a certain race, you know, like a character in there. And like, you know that you can just watch it on a screen or you can go and actually have a fully immersive experience. Right. Like, which one would you choose? And if you've been watching like enough of these seasons, you're like, honestly, I just want to go and experience it. And that's kind of like how angels feel a little bit. But 
you know, going back to my uh, point earlier, they have a whole environment built out where they are that enable them to um, monitor everything at the same time. Um, and they are, you know, their attention span is not quite as linear as a human attention span because your attention span actually you're, you know, wired to only be able to pay attention to like one thing at a time, like truly pay attention. Um, you, yes, some of you can do a couple of things at a time, you know, like they say Julius Caesar did, did but like only one of these things is going to really f- take up like your, your focal point. For angels, it's not quite the same. They can have multiple um, focal points at the same time. Um, that's why, for instance, like with prayers, right? Like a lot of people pray to angels or archangels or what have you. Like, um, you know, at that level, you can receive pretty much an unlimited amount of streams uh, at the same time. You don't have to focus on just one, if that makes sense. Mm. That's why they're able to monitor and cover a lot of ground, uh, which would be really, really hard to do for a human. So that's very interesting that you mentioned the prayer uh, because... It's one of their responsibilities. Yes, correct. And uh, how does it work? Well, first, um, let, let me maybe um, preface that by saying that anytime anybody joins the hierarchy, the big move and the big um, commitment that they have to make is serve the collective. There's no other way. There's no other way you can become an angel. If you don't want to serve the collective, you know, and by the way, there are souls that don't want to serve the collective and it's completely fine. It's a path that is a very valid path, right? You just, you, you know, you, you want to explore, you know, at your own pace and you don't want to be tied to any grand expectations around serving the collective, right? Then that's fine. You have that choice to make, you know, that's um, free will based. But if you choose the life of an angel at soul level, um, you have to commit to serving the collective, right so it that and that's why it's so hard to get in because and that's why they get tested so because you have to really want that at soul level and because there is no way to hide how you feel or what you think up there right um it's it's exceptionally easy for you to get disqualified if your heart's not in it so um angels commit to serving the collective so first things first and what that means is very often the, because the work that they do has to do so much with the matrix, the virtual reality worlds, right? They have to serve the souls that are currently incarnated in this virtual reality world. And as a means of serving them, one thing that they have to do is answer prayers to the best of their ability. So how do prayers get distributed? That is based on uh, the level of the angel. I told you there are seven layers, generally speaking, you know, if we wanted to split hairs, we could say there are up to 300 layers um, within the angel hierarchy, just the angels. And I didn't even go into the archangels, by the way, yet. So just within the angels, there are seven different layers, at least, and um, maybe much, much more. So depending on the type of prayer, first, it would um, be directed, and uh, it it happens automatically, that's just the rule of the matrix. Um, it, It gets directed to one of the seven layers. And then within the seven layers, within each of these layers, and by layers, do you know what I mean by layers, actually? Does it make sense? Yeah, like a hierarchy. Yeah. So, and, and, and how... Like one is more, um, more, maybe has more energy. That's why they have higher levels. No? 
Yeah, well, well, kind of, right? Well, the first level would kind, kind of like the, the 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 first rank of the angel would be the the least, um, the one that has the least light mm-hmm. in, in its body, right? So it's 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 the lowest rank, right? Yeah. And then so they're separated by rank and how much light their body can hold. That also is highly correlated to their abilities, right? So the more light you can hold, technically speaking, the more abilities you have. But that does not necessarily mean that somebody at the first level is always by default towards that somebody at level seven. They also have specialties. You know, you have your angels that specialize in health and healing. You have your angels that specialize in in heart medicine. And what I mean by that is, you know, like being able to console someone or comfort someone, right? You have angels that specialize in magic. Like you have angels that specialize in in dreamscapes. Um, There are all these different specialties, frankly. Um, There are angels that really specialize in being able to give you the right answer, like, and they're really, really good at advising you, like, which path to take or what choice to make, et cetera, et cetera, right? So each of them kind of like, you know, because of their own incarnations that they've had and because of their own experiences that they've had, have developed certain skill sets. So once a particular prayer gets directed to a, um, a layer, you know, one through seven, uh, based on the complexity of that request, simple requests go to, you know, level one angels, the most complex requests go to level seven angels. Uh, if they can be handled by the angel crew in the first place. There are some prayers that cannot. And then a lot of them would go to the archangel level. But the archangel level is very busy. So a lot of prayers that go to the archangel level actually don't, like they, they kind of end up in ether and they don't fully become processed. It's like a bottleneck of the universe. Uh, and we can talk more about that later. Um, but basically at the uh, at the angel level, once it, it the prayer has arrived to say level two, right? It has been designated by the universe that it is a level two prayer and a level two request. Then it would be assigned to a particular angel that has the skill set to help that person. And then, frankly, it's up to that angel to help. Do angels fail? They do because they're also learning, and angels are souls in training. So it is very possible that, you know, you ask for assistance from an angel and the angel is working really hard to assist you, but (laughs) sometimes angels fail. Uh, Very often they don't. Um, I would say about 70% of the requests that go in the prayer form form get answered in one shape or form. Also, angels um, are very studious and they're going to try really, really hard to help you in one way or the other. The help might not always come in the form that you expect, though. So the angels don't always give you what you want, but they always give you what you need. It's like, for example, uh, I need love and then you get the absence of love to learn what the love is. In this kind kind of scenario, um, <laughs> this kind it, of way, it could be. But <laughs> angels don't tend to make those kinds of calls. Uh-huh. Um, it could be that they would um, actually put a circumstance or like a person in your life to um, that. For in, uh, I'll give you exa- an example of like self love. They could put a person in your life that has a lot of self love if you've been asking for love, and because they know that it is a mirror universe if they give you somebody to mirror it is within your 
capacity to start mirroring that person as in copying that energy from them not stealing right and but but just kind of like starting to emanate and reflect and like join with that person at the same level like they might give you a teacher so to say right it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to take something away from you it's just that teacher might not always show up how you think they would right mm -hmm. so um and by the way it all depends on what capabilities the angel has right and like how strong they are and what levers they can pull. And certain angels, you know, some of them, if, if they can handle your request, would go straight to the higher ups and ask for help there. Right. Um, but, you know, they're definitely going to, to try to help you. Now, it does help to go to the same angels uh, because the more that they work with you, uh, if you work with the same angel all the time, you start building a connection. And so be because angels are bombarded with so many different requests, like imagine it's like a bunch of strangers sending you letters and it's like one way letters and they never get answered. Like the funny part is like angels never really get thanked for the work that they do. Or maybe I shouldn't say never say never, but hardly ever do they get thanked for the work that they do. So it's a very, uh, it it's a very like gratitude less path if you will. And so like they get the request, but they don't always get the thank you because humans are like, oh, it just happened like that way for me or like whatever, like the universe. No, it's actually not technically the universe didn't help you. This particular baby angel did, <laughs> but it's okay, I guess. Um, if you start going to the same angel though, you start developing a relationship with them. And angels really love relationships because it's so rare for them to develop a true relationship with a human that's currently incarnated, right? Um, so they would a treat you with special reverence, b prioritize your requests, and especially if you give gratitude to your own personal angel, what ends up happening is it really empowers them. And when I say empowers them, it's less uh, it's less emotional. It's actually on the en on the energy level. Um, angels get paid in gratitude. So the more people there are that are grateful to them, um, the more, um, and they get paid in energy. So like gratitude is an energy, right? So it, it kind of like imagine every time that you're grateful to your own angel, it's kind of like giving them a paycheck from the universe, if that makes sense. And um, angels that get paid with gratitude a lot, they A, move up the hierarchy higher. So next time they're going to be able to better help you because, you know, you've been really grateful to that angel and it was able to through, you know, your help and like other people's gratitude, maybe that angel moved from level one to level two and now it can help you better because now it has upgraded. Does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I do recommend kind of like going back to the same angel um, and then also closing the loop with gratitude if you kind of like want to get the most out of this relationship. And, you know, if, if you um, if you always want to get your your prayers answered so that's very interesting because maybe a, a lot of people don't know how to pray or how to even work with angels so what would be the best way to work with the angels well first um if you if you want to take my advice and if you want to find your own angel um you should ask um uh, to for for the, for for the angel that wants to work with you right for the angel that resonates with you 
to to kind of like make himself or herself know so like an angel doesn't mean that they're just men or masculine right there are feminine female type angels as well right just putting it out there because I, it, it sounds like there is a little bit of a misconception that angelic beings somehow are thought to be more masculine on this planet, which I don't fully understand. There are just as many feminine angelic beings as there are masculine and they're not none less powerful. So first, you just want to ask the universe to bring you the angel that wants to work with you, right? It's better done probably when you're, you know, you're able to fully concentrate in a meditative state, really clear your mind. You can even do that as a meditation, frankly. Like you can imagine that you are in a large, large, large uh, temple. And, and this temple has exceptionally high ceilings. And um, it has this beautiful floor length window. Some very, very tall ceilings. Um, a lot of light. Um, and then it's um, the temple is circular in nature. And so imagine that you're standing right in the middle of that temple. And then from each of the windows that surround that temple, there's this beautiful golden light that just, you know, fills, fills the whole temple. And then it falls on your skin, kind of like just caressing you. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just a very beautiful energy, very soothing energy to be around, very healing energy, right? So first you can come here. Um, this this angelic temple anytime you need any physical healing or emotional healing this place is available to uh, all uh, humans currently incarnated on planet earth so this particular temple that I've taken you to has been reserved for uh, those souls that are being incarnated on planet earth so there is one angelic temple for each of the planets there's also a master temple that you could come to um, if you wanted to um, you know, if, if you wanted exposure to more beings of light, you could go to the temple that is reserved for all of the solar system. And then there is one master temple that, um, angelic temple that is reserved for the whole Milky Way galaxy. So it's up to you really which energies you prefer to work with. I'd say there is no fundamental difference for you, probably for a lot of you. It's just a matter of preference. I mean, do you want to kind of like hit it close to home or do you want to like do you prefer to work on a more macro level these temples feel very similar they have very light flooring um with with some sacred geometry symbols um kind of like the flower of life symbols ingrained in in the floor it looks like a marble white floor uh, and the sacred geometry symbols are made with gold um, and they are glimmer glimmering in in, in the sunlight um, the only difference really between these temples is the size. So the size of the temple for the Milky Way galaxy is going to be um, a lot bigger. Right? It's just going to be a lot taller and is generally a lot more populous uh, compared to something that's just reserved for planet Earth. So essentially you would want to step either to whichever temple you choose, you would want to step right in the middle of the temple. And what you want to see is there are essentially nine large windows um, that surround, um, you know, like this circular temple, right? So to, um, so like there are nine facets of this temple. And so um, there's kind of like a, uh, a mini, like each of these facets actually reflects a particular um, aspect of light. And so um, you want to imagine that from each of these nine windows, light is emanating and shining on your own body. And you know, in your own body, there's like a convergence, right? Like you are that center 
um, onto which all of the different beams, all the nine different beams of light are, are coming. And then if you're using this temple for healing, and I know I digress a little bit, but we're going to get to the to the angel in three seconds here. Um, you can also imagine that right in the middle of this beautiful temple, there is a, a tub of, of light, of like um, holy water, but it kind of like looks like light mixed with water, if that makes sense. So especially for body healing um, or like deep emotional trauma or even depression, like anything that doesn't feel right in, in either of your light bodies or your physical, you just want to dip yourself into that tub and stay there for like five minutes, just soaking like soaking up all that beautiful energy. And if you have like a particular organ in your physical body that is ailing, you can just imagine that that energy and like the energy from the nine sides from, from each of the windows are converging or are being collected in, in, in that organ that is hurting for you, right? And, and just really allow this ninth, uh, nine dimensional light to, to penetrate you know, the organ that's that's ailing and really change its structure from within. It is essentially the same as working with the golden flame energy. It's similar to the resurrection flame. Uh, arguably, it's just a little bit easier to work for somebody who is not necessarily used to working with the flames. Okay, now we got into the angel realm. I just, I figured it would, it would have been such a waste to not tell you how else you can use the angelic temple. Uh, but let's imagine that there is no bath and you're you're complete with your healing, right? Um, so you would stand in the middle of this temple and what you would ask is, actually first what you want to do is, um, staying in the very middle, you want to um, look up. And um, up, when, when you look up, the ceiling of the temple is also like a convergence Um of um, it's a little bit sacred geometry it's a little bit hard to explain but it kind of looks like a flower like a lotus flower that just opened up in front of like up so it's like an upside down looking lotus flower and um there is um um prana like high high dimensional prana um that is dripping from the petals of the lotus and what you want to do is you want to allow that prana that life energy life force to drop into your third eye area and, and kind of like collect there, right? In, in, in your third eye area. And then from this place, and that is actually like the, the, the energetic cleanse of your third eye. And it's a high dimensional activation of your third eye, almost like a blessing from the angelic temple, right? you like, your third eye may already be activated, but it's, um, you know, when you're about to establish a communication with an angel, it's always good to have it blessed by the higher energy uh, of the lotus and the goddess of the lotus. So um, what you want to do once once that happens and you feel like your third um, third eye area being really activated by these energies is you want the universe to ask to reveal the angel that is best for you. The being that is your perfect match, like your etheric helper, somebody who is, you know, just amazing and could be of great help to you, right? You can think of that that um, being as an, a guardian angel. Um, although guardian angels, you know, there's, you know, there there are diff many different ways how guardian angels can be assigned. Very often, a guardian angel is somebody from your soul um, soul group, right? So most like they're watching over you anyway. And if that's the angel that's meant to be working with you, you know, that's the angel that's going to show itself, right? 
uh, or it can be any other angel. So basically just ask the universe to send you an angel that is best for you to build a relationship with. And so as soon as you put out that request, you know, in your mind's eye, in a meditation, you're going to be able to feel the presence of that being pretty much instantaneously. Some of you uh, would be able to see the presence of that being. So that being can show itself in many different ways and shapes. Sometimes it just shows up as a sphere of light. You know, it can even show up as, um, I mean, obviously it could, it could show up just as, as a humanoid type of being, right? Uh, kind of like how you guys imagine angels looking like, um, you know, either like a feminine or masculine, kind of like having a, a human type of body, maybe like in a, in a long dress or something. Um, or, um, you know, so like it, it could come in that way to you as well, but just be open-minded. Certain angels like to take a shape of something else, you know, uh, an angel. I've seen angels come through as an owl, for instance, like as a bird, you know, they can choose uh, the form of a bird. They can choose a form of a geometric shape. Just don't judge, you know, just be present. And so what you want to do is you want to introduce yourself to the angel, although obviously the angel knows who you are exactly, because the interesting part is it's not you who selects the angel, it's the angel who selects you. From the angel side, they know exactly who you are, exactly your level of vibrations, and they know exactly what path, path you're on. So before an angel selects you, they're going to know pretty much your whole life story. They're going to have full access to your Akashic records. They're going to know the full download of, on all of your incarnations. And by the way, they're going to know exactly who you are at your soul level outside of being incarnated. So for them, it's not a decision that they take light, that they take lightly. So for that, for an angel, it's a commitment that they make to you. And then, you know, whatever, apparently whatever they see in your Akashic record field and whatever the strength and the skills that they themselves possess somehow match very well matched together right it could be that whatever you're missing that angel has it could be whatever your blind spots your angel just tends to be really good at right so there's going to be a match that's going to happen so you want to introduce yourself um, and then you want to ask the angel for their name now whatever name they give you is perfect angels go by a billion different names because like every being in in, in existence, they are multifaceted. Whatever name they give you is fine. Write it down, memorize it. Uh, that is the name that you could always use to call on them, right? So the name that they give you is really just kind of like their cell phone number, if that makes sense, right? So when you utter that name in your prayer or in your meditation or in your sleep or however, you know, they will come. Um, that is a specific code they give you. Uh, which is basically like a speed dial and a promise that they would show up. And then what you want to do, right, is you, I guarantee you, no matter what, and for most of you, um, the angels are probably going to show up in a more human, human-like form because they know that that's what you expect them to look like, right? So for a lot of you, um, it's going to be very easy to establish a connection with them. There are two um, ways of connection to the angels that really matter as far as human and angels are concerned. So you need to establish two streams with your personal angel. The third eye stream and the heart space stream. The third eye stream is pretty self-explanatory. So what you want to see, right, 
is there would, you know, once you introduce yourself and once you, you know, with gratitude, accept the help from this angel, what you should see quite naturally is there would emerge a cord, an energetic cord connecting your third eye to the third eye of this angelic being. Now, if this being came to you in another shape, there is still a version of a third eye that that shape or animal or whatever that that creature has. So it, that connection would still be established. And then the second cord that was is going to be established is a heart space connection, right? So there would be a cord between your heart center and the heart center of the angelic being, right? And so you just really want to make sure to, you know, keep your third eye, keep your heart space really open to make sure that the cord can really be embedded and, you know, it can really benefit from this connection, that it could really be anchored in the right way. Yeah, and, and that's how you meet your personal angel. From here, by the way, you could ask questions, you could ask for guidance, you know, you could even ask for help, like whatever it is that you need. And to the best of its ability, the angel is going to make sure that they assist you. Is there a special way how you should communicate with the angel? No, no. Is it uh, like because some people use this word prayer uh, yep. as a w means of communication. Mm -hmm. But what is prayer in this case? Is it just a request, a question or special words? Because sometimes people think that the a prayer is a specific sequence of words so okay how do i answer this and i know exactly why you're asking and okay i hate dogma of all kind i think dogma is to blame for the fact that a lot of people are reaching outside for guidance instead of reaching within is because you know, especially all the religions in, in, you know, on this planet right now are quite dogmatic. They're telling you, do this, don't do that. If you do this other thing, it's not going to work or you're going to go to hell or whatever their version of purgatory is. And it creates so many guardrails for people and, and it, that humans appear caged in relationship to their own spirit and their own soul energy. And being caged, as far as your connection to the higher self, is the least empowered you can be in the human body. So not in so many words, but <laughs> going back to your original question, prayer is really at, in its essence, right? Like, and, and I really want you to feel as like I'm speaking in your heart center that what I'm saying is true. At its essence, prayer is just a high frequency communication. And by high frequency, I mean something that is not tarnished or polluted. That is all that prayer is, right? So it is communication from the heart space. Authentic, true communication. It's not a sequence of words in particular. It's not say this, don't say that. And it's definitely not a robotic rhyme type language that you're supposed to repeat you know, on autopilot to get your prayers answered. In fact, if you just, you know, if you learn one of the prayers that, you know, is, is very common for, for some of these, the world's religions, these ones actually end up at the very end of the queue. So there is such a thing as the prayer queue. And um, how 
how that cue is built, right? You know what a cue is, like a line, right? Like it's a sequence, right? But it's not first come, first served. It's the most authentic ones which show up up top. And the least authentic ones are going to show up on the bottom, like bottom feeders. So if you are using a prayer that is like a rhyme almost, right, that you have learned, this is how you talk to God, this is how you talk to source, this is how you talk to angels, and don't talk any other way, that would be the least authentic communication from your perspective. And so it would join the very end of that cue. So if you are very robotic and, you know, almost like automated, a matter of of fact in your communication to spirit, spirit is going to be a matter of fact about prioritizing your request. So the requests that do come through and do come through the fastest are the ones that come from the heart and they're never formulaic. So when you're asking me, how do I communicate with angels and what, what, what do I call a prayer? You know, a prayer is anything that comes from the heart heart space communication so yes you should use the prayer however you should never use like a pre-written version of it and think that that is like some code that connects you what connects you right is what i just described like the connection comes from you being able to come into the angelic temple find the angel and establish a connection through your heart space and your third eye chakra that's the connection not the key or specific set of words that you could say in that prayer. In fact, your angel would be better able to assist you if you can actually understand what you want. Here's another trick. It is a free will-based universe. The angel might see you struggling, but unless you ask for help in a very specific thing or you ask for a very specific thing, it is not at liberty to help you. Does it make sense? Right. So does it mean that you have to be as specific as possible? Specific. And also don't just, okay. Don't just say, please help me. Please help me. It needs to be more specific. Like do this because like, please help me is, it's kind of like manifesting more money. Like what is more money? Is it $1 more? 50 cents more? It's not specific. Please help me. is not specific, you people. You have to be exactly like, help me with what? Or this is what I I would love for you to do, if possible. Like X, Y, Z. Does this make sense? Yes. Okay. So it's not a spell. It's uh, just a communication from your heart. Yes, 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 yes. That's exactly what what angels are best, better able to respond to. Got it. That's very clear. Okay, just a couple of things to clarify before we finish this episode. Um, I think that not all cultures have angels and uh, maybe somebody who's listening to us in japan can be like i've never seen an angel it's not in my culture like it's maybe something like from the eastern christianity whatever yeah that's fine do they have different um names and different cultures um eastern cultures resonate better with spirits they believe in spirits so you can just substitute everything that I just said and call them a spirit. Uh-huh. It's not that fundamentally different. Yeah, angels tend to be, you know, either like a new age term or like a Christianity term, you know. But um, it does it, it does it like the the fact still remains the same. There is a soul being out there 
that is not currently incarnated, whose whole job is to make sure that beings that are incarnated, despite the fact that they might be incarnated in China, Japan, or South Korea, are getting the assistance that they need to live their most fulfilled lives, right? And those spirits are in a perfect position to help you if you were only to ask. Mm. And um, also an angel, it's not the being with the wings. It can be like whatever. Uh, because again, like the way people see angels is it different for different cultures. Um, angels don't. <laughs> angels are shapeshifters, you guys. I hate to say this. They are not only beings with wings. By the way, they can float up and down without any wings whatsoever. Uh, because though, they're really good at... You know, essentially, they're not, because they're not incarnated, they're not really ruled and governed by the laws of time-space reality, as in gravity, you know. They can, quote-unquote, float and fly, right? So very often, they would be depicted as uh, beings having wings as a symbol for the fact that they are interdimensional beings, that are high-vibration beings, right? Can angels have wings? Can spirits have wings? Yes, they can also have tails if they want and, and, and freaking bunny ears if they choose to because there's absolutely nothing impossible in that realm. In the angelic realm, um, <laughs> when angels are amongst angels and when spirits are amongst spirits, whatever terminology you want to use, they don't use wings. They, they don't, they're not really, they don't ha have wings. They have auras and auric fields and what you would probably refer to as the halo. That, that is what they have. Mm. But they can choose to have wings if that pleases them. Mm, and a lot of them, for a lot of them, it pleases them once in a while, you know. But very often when they would come in, you know, meditations or when they would come in, you know, dreams, very often they would choose to have wings because this is part of the understanding of that kind of energy uh, from, from this planetary perspective. So that's why a lot of you would perceive them as having wings. Got it. That makes sense. And uh, is there a way you can enhance or like maybe you have any tips how to enhance this connection? Because I think one of them you mentioned to have a gratitude. Yes. Right. Uh, is there anything else? you could do to enhance your connection with the angel yeah so the more you talk to them to him her and you can even have like a little journal that is reserved for you and your angel where you know it can be written communication because like written communication also is is very dense energy right as far as all communication is concerned um the lightest communication is telepathic then spoken word would be kind of like second lightest and the written word would be densest form of communication um, when you're building out your own pathway to connect to your angel, it's kind of like, imagine it's kind of like building a highway. And if you're, if you know, if you really want to use the heavy guns and build that highway in the most efficient and fastest way possible, actually connecting through the densest form of energy is going to help you the fastest. So initially, if you chose to communicate with your angel via like a written word, you would help build that highway between you and the angel right because part of it is also is obviously uh 
it's kind of like a muscle that you need to train if that makes sense right like you know how sometimes like when you you haven't worked out for five years and then you start working out and you do push-ups or whatever and then you know your arms hurt next day because like it's so untrained same thing here like your communication pathway with your angel is like a muscle that hasn't been exercised so you need to exercise it and you need to exercise it in every which way possible. So whereas initially written communication and even spoken word can give you better momentum, down the road, you'll practice this muscle so much that like telepathic communication is going to have to be the only thing that you need really. And then initially also, for some of you, you're going to feel that your connection with your angel is the strongest once you actually get yourself to a meditative state, once you get yourself into the angelic temple. Because the angelic temple amplifies that connection by about a thousand times. So for some of you, the only t the only way initially you could hear your angel would be through spending some time in, in this in this angelic temple, in the spirit temple, if you will, right? And then over time, it could be as easy as, I don't know, you're sitting on your computer working, all of a sudden you have a question for your angel, you know, you just ask a question, you get an immediate intuitive response back, right? without having to go through the whole temple and meditating and, what, and whatnot. But it takes time for, uh, a lot of you is going to take time to get there. And it is like a practice that you need to do. And then with your journal, um, you know, you can do the Q&A, which is like the, the automated writing. I think we might have spoken about it in, in certain um, episodes, right? So once you've established a connection with the angel, you can literally uh, write down your question and then write down the word answer um, Colin, like just answer, right? And then allow your angel to tell you what the answer is and just like write it down. So instead of like having your own intellect guide your hand as you're writing, you know, you just kind of like let your hand write whatever your hand wants to write, right? And that is called automated writing. The reason automated writing works is twofold. The frequency of your question and the frequency of your answer, it's a paired frequency. They always come together. It's like two dominoes. If one domino fell, the other domino has to fall. It's the law of the universe. So every time you ask a question, the answer has to be given to you. Also, because you've just established a connection, and that's the second reason, because you have the connection with an angel, right? And that's kind of like your sponsoring entity in the unseen realm, in the invisible realm. They have to come through with an answer. It's a bond that you have and a commitment that they made to you, right? So those two things are being stacked in your favor, right? So if you do this automated writing, the answer must come, right? Now, the one thing you want to do is you don't want to judge the answer. You don't want to think that you're crazy. Oh my God, how can this be real, right? Like all of these frequencies, they're actually the frequencies that, so the judging and the doubt are the ones that could potentially block, you know, the angel from, from responding to you, right? So you have to remove these two frequencies and just like let the angel respond. Literally the only two things that can block is, is, is like doubt and, um, or, well, actually, there's sometimes fear as well, right? But like, th there are some blocking energies in particular, right? Um, if you are experiencing a block around an automated writing, imagine that this block is quite literally... Um, how would you imagine it? Um, it's generally your block on an energetic level, like whatever is the emotion that you're feeling, like worry that, you know, maybe your angel is not talking to you or fear or anything it comes in some form of a geometric shape that is a shade of black, one of the shades of black or dark gray. So, you know, 
for, for those of you that have the site, for those of you that have, um, you know, your third eye open, you know, when you close your eyes, you're going to be able to see exactly what shape your block is. For some of you, it could be, I don't know, a square, a triangle. It could be, um, I don't know, an octagon. This is really depends. For some of you, it could be a star, a, a medusa. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen a, a lot of like, uh, you know, these like blocking um, blocking frequencies that can take up many different shapes. And so you want to first get present to what your blocking frequency is. And then what you want to do is you want to imagine there is a torrent of, of water, like a mountainous river with the power of the river, like the Amazon River. And you want to see that river kind of like just with full force, just like sweeping that block away, right? And just like washing it away and like removing that block, right? And then when there is no more block anymore, you're going to be able to write down that answer very frequent, uh, very, very easily, right? So just like let your hand write in this particular case. So again, like that is going to help you establish that relationship with your angel. Some people down the road love this and they just choose to communicate that way. Uh, but it's, it's not going to be necessarily the medium that you would use for the rest of your life you know like i said um your easiest communication with spirit is going to come telepathically down the road that's awesome. and when i say telepathically i don't just mean through spoken words sometimes it's going to be through images or you know just like um it could also be clairsentience or uh, claircognizance like when it's like just a clear knowing of the answer mm -hmm. yeah feeling or the feeling whatever. in your body yes yeah got it maybe some images you see in in 3d right absolutely like songs absolutely like yeah, yeah yeah well so angels very often would put all kinds of symbology in your way whether you realize it or not right like it can be from you know things that um i don't know like some of you notice 11 11 right or 888 or 777 like whatever your, your numeric frequencies or some of you perceive that I don't know feathers is like a sign of angels but even above and beyond that like nothing is really truly random the things that you overhear the things that you randomly see somebody randomly gifts you a book all of this could be a form of communication from your angels mm -hmm. so basically angels are everywhere they are everywhere <laughs> that's good to know <laughs> they're watching you they're watching us. <laughs> we're not alone that's great. never alone no that is the biggest fallacy <laughs> i'd say the people that are lonely are, are missing the, the big picture and they have to go to the temple oh they that. definitely have to go to the temple <laughs> at the very minimum yeah yeah awesome all right great thank you so much for sharing this information with us uh, today and uh, now i'm going to end this session Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a suggestion for a topic we should explore in the future, please email us at hello at conversationswithmyhigherself.co. If you resonate with our message, please consider leaving us a review or sharing this episode with your friends. The world is going to be better off for it. With much love, Maria and Sergei.